You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. So we have been uh, proactively monitoring for new domains that have registration and hosting consistencies uh, compared to those previously used by advanced persistent threats, APTs. That's Kyle Emke. He's a threat intelligence researcher with ThreatConnect. The research we're discussing today is called Duping Doping Domains, possible fancy bear domains spoofing anti-doping and Olympic organizations. In this case, we were exploiting um, some known registration and hosting tactics that we've seen Fancy Bear previously use for their infrastructure. Notably, in this case, uh, it was their use of a a specific um, smaller boutique name server, um, as well as uh, dedicated hosting. So Fancy Bear is an advanced persistent threat APT that has been attributed to uh, the Russian uh, nation state, uh, more specifically, been assessed to be the uh, GRU. On January 10th, uh, the Fancy Bears hacking team, which is a uh, persona that uh, was generated in 2016 to release information garnered from Fancy Bear operations, uh, they released a post suggesting that they had compromised uh, some emails from the International Olympic Committee, um, or IOC. 
Uh, and so while you know we can't necessarily verify the legitimacy or provenance of those leaked emails, it reminded us of some infrastructure that we had identified earlier in the month um, that had those consistencies with previous Fancy Bear operations. And, and historically, uh, you know, the Russians have a beef with the World Anti-Doping Agency. That's correct. Yes. So, in uh, notably in August of 2016, uh, we saw a Fancy Bear. Uh, conduct operations against the World Anti-Doping Agency and then ultimately leak out some of the information that they garnered from those operations via this Fancy Bears hacking team persona. And that was from the IOC banning Russian uh, Russian athletes from uh, the Winter Games, um, or I'm sorry, the Games in Rio. And then uh, now the IOC has banned them from South Korea due to uh, accusations of sy- systematic doping. Um, and so the thought here is that perhaps these are more retaliatory hacks? Ostensibly, yes. Um, you know, in this case, we can't, uh, at least for the domains that we identified, say uh, definitively that they have been attributed to Fancy Bear or that they've actually even been used maliciously. Um, however, given the timing of when these domains were registered, and um, the timing with Russia being banned from the 2018 games, these registrations are certainly notable. So take us through this spoofing effort. What's what's going on here? Walk us through how it works. Sure. So uh, oftentimes what we've seen Fancy Bear do is they will register domain names that uh, appear to be very similar to those organizations that they either want to target or that have a close relationship with the organizations that they ultimately want to target. Um, So in this case, we identified uh, four domains, uh, two of which appear to spoof the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, One appears to spoof the World Anti-Doping Agency, and another appears to spoof the Olympic Council of Asia. Uh, And so all of these domains, uh, in some way, shape, or form, have consistencies with previously identified Fancy Bear infrastructure. And so that's why we've been uh, calling them out. So when you say they are associated with uh, previous infrastructure, describe what does that mean? In these cases, uh, we see that some of these domains use name servers that we've seen Fancy Bear have a tendency to use in the past. Uh, These name servers are generally uh, small and boutique, so they only have um, maybe a couple hundred or maybe several thousand at most domains using them. Whereas if you compare that to name servers that, for example, GoDaddy uh, might own, those name servers might house thousands or hundreds of thousands of domains. Um, And so, you know, we're trying to focus on these uh, fairly specific tactics that Fancy Bear has previously used to proactively identify their infrastructure. So at a real basic level, can you describe for us how the spoofing works? I mean, you you set up a server that is very similar to the organization you're trying to hit, and then what happens next? Sometimes they will use these domains to... Um, craft spear phishing messages that they will send to their targets. Other times they will use them for command and control servers that they use to administer uh, malware that they may have infected a target with. Recently, we've seen Fancy Bear use a lot of credential harvesting efforts. So ostensibly, if these domains are ultimately used in their operations, that might be what they're used for. They might house some credential harvesting pages on these spoofed domain websites. So, so does that mean there'd be a sort of a multi-tiered thing where I could, you know, spearfish someone, 
uh, and then they would go somewhere that they thought was a legitimate, uh, you know, login page, but it's really uh, the bad guys spoofing something else. Potentially, yeah. Um, so a lot of the operations that we've seen Fancy Bear use are either uh, some sort of malware effort. Um, so they might send a malicious attachment in uh, the spear phishing message itself, or it is separately a credential harvesting effort. At least in uh, the recent uh, efforts that we've seen, they've kind of been sticking to credential harvesting, but that doesn't mean that they are not capable of uh, also sending malicious attachments as well. And in terms of uh, hiding their tracks and covering their trail, does it seem as, as though they're being fairly deliberate about that? It's hard to say. Um, you, you know, answering that question might ultimately imply that we have an understanding of, you know, what information their operators are consuming. Hmm. Uh, certainly in this case, with the domains that we've identified, they're using things that we've previously discussed in open source intelligence. Um, however, we don't know the extent to which their operators have actually been reading the information that we put out. I see. Uh, one of the things you also pointed out in your research, uh, you, you referred to it as guilt by registrant associations. Can you describe to us what's going on with that? Sure. So one of the domains that we identified, specifically uh, one that spoofs the World Anti-Doping Agency, uh, the domain is wada-adams.org. Um, and that specifically spoofs um, WADA's anti-doping and administration and management system. Hmm. That domain itself does not use a smaller boutique name server that we've previously seen Fancy Bear use. However, the email address that was used to register it, which is wadison at tuta.io, did register another domain which has those consistencies with Fancy Bear infrastructure. Now, there was also something interesting you all noted in the research about the Olympic Council of Asia. What was going on there? Sure. So another domain uh, came across our radar, um, ocaia.org. Um, and that domain potentially spoofs the Olympic Council of Asia's legitimate domain, ocasia.org. The domain that we identified uses a THC server's name server, which is, again, another fancy bear um, registration tactic that we've previously seen. Uh, but it's not hosted on a dedicated server. So um, it, while it does have some consistencies, it's not as many as those that we identified elsewhere in the blog. But given the timing of it, when it was registered, as well as the um, current uh, geopolitical climate related to Russia and the Olympics, we thought it was worth noting. It seems as though these are being uh, prepared for activity. Have you all actually seen them being used for anything? Are, are they active? In this instance, um, you know, I think it's really important to point out that while these domains have those consistencies with previously identified fancy bear infrastructure, it's not enough to definitively attribute the domains to them. Further, in this case, we don't actually know whether the domains we identified have been used in malicious attacks. But I would say that there's a defensive takeaway there. Um, and I would argue that, you know, if you're only worrying about indicators that are known to be bad, you're really missing out on opportunities to be proactive and guard against malicious activity before it takes place. So what's to be done next? Is this a matter of uh, keeping an eye on these actors? So what, what's, what are your next steps? 
So our next steps uh, are going to be to continue to monitor those registration and hosting tactics that um, we've been keeping an eye on, as well as these domains that we've identified here in the piece. To any extent, if we can identify that those domains get operationalized, uh, that's something that is worthwhile to note and uh, point out for potential organizations uh, like the USADA or WADA. In terms of, of people protecting themselves against these sort of things, is there anything for people to do on their own? It seems like uh, these are more preparatory at this time, since they're not active campaigns. Uh, what suggestions do you have for people? I think you're definitely right. Um, but I would argue that the sooner that organizations can identify these sorts of suspicious domains uh, that are consistent with their adversaries' tactics the better chance they have of mitigating that malicious activity before it actually happens. Um, So the more that they can minimize that delta between infrastructure registration and identification and blocking, the more proactive they'll actually become. One thing I would point out is that uh, Trend Micro this morning released another report on athletic-related activity from Pondstorm, a.k.a. Fancy Bear, They identified several domains which also use some of the same name servers, dedicated hosting, and were registered using uh, similar email addresses compared to those that we identified in our piece. When it comes to these sorts of things, is there a good bit of collaboration going on between you and other researchers at different companies? Are you sharing information? Obviously, you have this you know public release, this blog post, but how much uh, back and forth actually happens? I mean, I think it kind of all depends on the organizations and, um, you you know, who you have a tendency to work with. In this instance, uh, we didn't actually work with any other organizations on this content. Um, We did work with domain tools. Uh, We uh, tend to use their capabilities quite a bit uh, in our research efforts. So we did work with them in identifying these domains. Our thanks to Kyle Emke from Threat Connect for joining us. You can read the complete report, Duping Doping Domains, at the Threat Connect website. It's in their blog section. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills all using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.